Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Black Girl Charmed. I'm Ray, joined by my co-host. John Nell. Hey guys, how are you guys doing this week? I am falling asleep, but the delirium is going to kick in kind of like it did on last week's episode, but... You will not have me on this podcast for three hours. I won't have myself on this podcast for three hours because this episode... Went by super quickly. It's supposed to be an hour episode. And even with Peacock, it went by super duper quickly. I want to say they probably had 40 minutes instead of like 45 minutes and just padded everything with like super long WB commercials. But like, wow. <sighs> I guess we can just hop in because we don't want to be here for three hours. You say that. Um. So... This is episode five of season one, Dream Sorcerer. It was written by Constance M. Burge, who also wrote the pilot, and it was directed by Nick Mark. I have some severe, not severe, I have some questions. Because before this, um, the director, Nick, he did The Wonder Years, he did did Arliss, And he did X-Files. So you have done three critically acclaimed shows. You directed three critically acclaimed shows before you directed this episode. And the wonkiness, the direction, the patterns that happened in this episode. How could you give us, like, how could you do those three before and then give us mid? And then, you know, Nick stayed at the WB because, wow, they were his bread and butter. After... Uh, this episode, he's done Angel, he's done Buffy, he's done Gilmore Girls, he's done Roswell. His last credit was 2010 with now the CW, but oh, he was a show pony for the WB for the longest time. Really? Also, yeah. Also in this episode, the villain is played by Matt Schultz, Vince from Fast Five and the first Fast and the Furious movie. And I hated Vince in the movies and I hate him him as a villain so Matt I'm pretty sure you're a lovely person but the roles that you take or are given I just we need to talk to the director they're not giving you enough meat to work with I just anyway so I would say even though (laughs) it was supposed to be like a very I wouldn't say dark but definitely coming from episode four this was a lot more lighter and funnier. I definitely did laugh a lot. I found myself having to pause to like catch my breath because it definitely went by really quickly. Um, I think the DVD notes were like 43 minutes and 30 something seconds or something like that. Um, but it was interesting. I I feel like we're slowly starting to get into the stride of the show and how like cutesy it is and very like it doesn't take itself seriously. Um, We've definitely moved way past episode <laughs> was it episode three, which we hated. But um, some of the directions and acting was weird, and we'll we'll get into that. We'll we'll get into that. I, but before we, we do, I would like I, your. <laughs> I was going to give you a whole intro. You want me to give you, you an intro? Please, you give me my it? intro. Give me my intro. <clears throat> so this morning, as we were preparing for this episode. A request was made. The request was we needed to take a break to discuss the fuckboyness that is Daddy Andy and how he has taken his fuckboyness to every show he has gone on. And the bold and the beautiful 
is one of those shows. Actually, it's the most recent show. It's the most recent and show. <laughs> hopefully. Okay, so it is 7.52 right now. I'm going to hand it over to my co-host to get her feelings off her chest. She's been doing this. She's been wanting to say this since 9 a.m. So, guys, it's going to be good. And John, it won't I'll be long, away. I promise. And I don't even know why you, like, hyped me up so much. But I have not watched The Bold and Beautiful in a few months. And if you're Black and grew up with your grandmother, Young and the Restless, Days of Our Lives, Bold and Beautiful, I'm pretty sure you guys at some point in time were invested in these characters. And I haven't watched Bold and Beautiful in a few months. So I'm actually catching up now. But I follow them on Twitter. And I was scrolling through Twitter and I was like, wait, that man looks rather familiar. So I went on IMDb just to make sure. And Inspector Trudeau is playing uh, a father or one of the newer characters and is just the ultimate fuckboy. So basically, <laughs> this man cheated on his wife decades ago with um, a crazy ass woman who terrorized the Forrester family back in the 80s and 90s. Um, she Say gave birth. He convinced her to give him his child so that he could raise it with his wife, but raise this child as his adopted son. This man who is a doctor and married to the co-CEO of whatever Steffi is, a Forrester creation, does not realize that his adopted dad is his dad. What's the worst? Like- the fact that you like cheated on my my adopted mom, or the fact that I don't even know like we are actually related, and he is going with this, and just the lies are mounting up, and he got that Inspector Trudeau face. I don't know what she's talking about. I don't know why she's here. Die I don't know what's going lie, on. Yo. Just gaslighting the lie. Just just I gaslighting. Mean- so I just want to give it up to him because you know years later he's still with the shits, just still with the shits. And if you guys watch Bold and the Beautiful, hit us up on Black Girl Charmed. And were you guys like, that's Andy? Or did it just completely bypass that it was Andy? I need to know. Fill me in because I was quite shocked to see this man pop up with his... You know what? If he had the mutton chops, he would look like Victor Hallowell. Get out. Get out. I'll see my way out. Oh, that was only three minutes. I'm proud of you. That was good. We're not going to be here for three hours tonight. All right. So jumping into this. <clears throat> One of my favorite things to do with this show, and when I mean this show is, I mean our show, is to give fun titles to the titles. So the the episode title is Dream Sorcerer. And I want to say Dream Sorcerer. Freddy fuckboy. Because (laughs) this is a Freddy Krueger inspired episode. It is. It is. And And honestly, you know, I'd rather be in a nightmare with Freddy Krueger than with Whitaker Berman. Give it up to the Bermans. Um, But Whitaker Berman. Just we can start with the episode. So the episode starts at Quake. Horror. Oh, mm, my first note, not these lines. The bomb? I'm already gagging. 
Because Phoebe enters Quake and is, you know, popping. And as soon as she, like, walks in, it's, like, three men, like, just race to, like, sexually harass her. Wow. Ooh, Dream Sorcerer, Freddy Fuckboy, a lesson in sexual harassment. Okay. Let me, let me because no, continue. continue. <laughs> this episode is in like ugh, it is. I want HR people to like take the take parts of this episode to like teach uh, diversity <laughs> to teach sexual harassment because it's just uh this episode is so bad in hindsight. So the guy hits on Phoebe and Phoebe goes, I, he said something to the effect of like, oh my God, you're an angel. And she's like, I'm Did not it hurt an when angel. you fell or something that like that? That stupid ass line. I'm not an angel. I'm a witch. And he leaves her alone. He like laughs it off and he leaves her alone. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, it's she said, TV. but don't tell my sisters right. I'm a witch. And I was like, ma'am, that's not scary. That's actually sexy. You like, are you Do you remember in the, in the 90s, like, there was this whole movement on like being a bitch, and there were keychains and books. Girl, about did we not sing last week? I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a... We sang that whole song. Well, not the entire song, but you know what I mean. We sang that last week, so yes, I do remember. <laughs> I mean, so this part just... wasn't so bad, but then it gets so Phoebe ends up walking over. First of all. Y'all ain't got like no how... other place to hang out. Maybe because it's free, because she's the manager. I mean, we have done that. We, huh. we definitely used to I hang out at BBQ's a lot because I, I was with somebody at BBQ's. I have a note on this. We'll be get to it, and we're not even that far from it. So, um, I say, how do you start the episode with sexual harassment? Um, like, <sighs> so she gets to the table where Piper and Prue are, and they're staring at this couple who apparently have been making out for like an hour. So, already we know like sex is going to be a big theme in this episode. The male mm-hmm. gaze is going to be a big theme in this episode, and it's like for what? <laughs> um, <laughs> we get introduced to this waitress named Sky, and it, automatically I'm like, oh, we know your name. You're gonna die. Sorry, because that's yeah. what it, if you are a white woman who hangs out at Quake during the cold with open, blonde hair or anything other than dark brunette, you probably not making it to the end of the episode. <laughs> Girl, you you are dying in the cold open, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Sky, this waitress, comes over with a drink for Prue and this guy and Vince from the Fast and the Furious, because that's who he is to me. I don't care whatever. I'm not calling him his real name. They think Vince but that just reminds me of Forrest. It and does. And I don't see Whitaker as a first name. No offense, guys. I don't see Whitaker as a first name because Forrest again, Whitaker. So Paul Walker named him Vince. I'm going to call him Vince. Anyway. Um, So Vince is staring at her from across the bar and um, sends over a drink. Prue politely declines and says, hey, I have a boyfriend. Um, Send it back. And this leads Piper and Phoebe to be like, oh, so we are defining the relationship. And again, this is a whole episode about male gaze, but we really don't see... Andy and Prue together until the last scene. So like I thought that, yeah, yeah. So Sky ends up going over to him 
and was like, oh, you know, she, she sent the drink back. And he immediately hits on Sky. Like So so he goes, Oh, that sucks. And then immediately hits on her. And I was like, what is this voice? Because he didn't believe her when she said, when Prue said that she had a drink. He was like, oh, that bitch is lying. Why do you not believe her? What proof that, like, whatever. That's weird. It- um, And then, like, she says no, gives you a valid reason for saying no. And without even, like, taking a breath or a pause, you immediately start hitting on her. And, like, what woman wouldn't say no? I just watch you get shot down by another woman. What am now, I like? I just sloppy seconds. She did look down and give a look because he was in a wheelchair. And no, I was like, he he guy. set her up. He set her up. He set her up. It was it was a setup because she didn't know he was in a wheelchair. He pushed himself out and made the wheelchair visible, and that's when she was like, "Oh my god, he's in a wheelchair." So, do you think that he was trying to get like sympathy points by doing that? No, I think he was setting her up. I, I really I just think- didn't like the because it wasn't like a it wasn't a it almost was like a disgusted look. Like, oh, you're in a wheelchair. Yeah, it and was, I was very like, oh, no, no, no. I, I'm not I'm not giving Sky any like leeway because poor girl dies. But like, <laughs> I guess she already gets her penance for it. But like, it was a mixture of like surprise and like right, right, and like disgust because it sucks that that was her visible reaction and but like he legitimately like there was no reason for him to be like i'm gonna show you that i'm in a wheelchair kind of like yeah it was weird it was definitely weird and then she does say like she doesn't date customers which i know that is bullshit because we have a friend who hooked up with a bartender on her period i will not say her name but oh, if this is a bartending rule or like the waitress, also with dude, too. Like our friend is female, so you you don't know if, what Sky's rule. If, Sky, if the if the business rule and if she ever listens to this, I'm blaming this on you. But you have to understand why, right? What happened the next week when we went back to that bar? The, first of all, I'm not dropping any names, so whatever. If you. I'll, I'll spill the tea. I don't care. But what happened? There's a reason let, why people let, don't let get me, customers. Let me, let me get it out. Let me get it out. So I'm happy she slept with that bartender on her period because for the next month, our drinks were fucking comped. It was amazing. Oh, going to bars and having a slutty friend who hooks up with bartenders is always what you need in your back pocket. Mm. But you're right. You're right. And what happened? What happened, though? What she happened? ruined it. She ruined right. it. Right, she and then she locked herself in the bathroom at a bar. See now you now you giving away mad information. Had to beg yeah. us to get her out of the bar because there was a long line in a unisex bathroom on a Saturday night because she was upset that he wasn't paying attention to her because he was bartending. Now you she understand threw, why Sky don't date customers. She also threw limes at him before she threw, she did she did she did she literally took slices of limes. I'm painting the picture for our audience until we get the video up. So you know, at a bar, you know how they have the prep station in front of you, like you know, they put the drink down and then like they lazily toss the lime there. She took limes for the, the slices and was throwing at him. 
I won't say his name and I won't say the bar that we were at because it puts too much together. And even though I am a reformed party girl, I don't want to give too many clues because you put that shit together real quick. I mean, it was definitely over a decade ago. But still, I I can see why Sky was like, y'all customers are batshit crazy. I'm not doing that. Okay? I'm going to give that one to Sky. The whole looking down at the no. wheelchair kind of weird. I'm just going to say, don't lie to me and tell me it's raining because I already know that people be fucking hooking up with the customers. There's no way you don't hook up the customers. I bet you, you don't never tell hooked me. up with a customer after that. I bet you. Well, yeah, because they moved him from upstairs and then to fired. downstairs and then fired him. But I bet you he fucked another customer again at whatever establishment he landed in because he's a man and that's what men do. Like, so... I know. We said no changes, and here we are. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Your man's in the background listening to you disparage men every week, and then you go and hang up on this podcast and go back to your four-year relationship. You are the queen of bullshitters. No, 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 no. All men are trash. When I say that shit, I ain't talking about my man. What the fuck? That's the rule. This is why you never take advice from Libras. Listen to me. Because they will never take the advice that they give you. First of all, this four-year relationship took a lot of fucking work and determination and a lot of like, there was a lot of growth, okay, in this relationship. So you can take my fucking, both of us, (laughs) on both of us. So we get to the next scene and we see her sleeping. First of all, can I just say, I don't know how many y'all be playing Animal Crossing, but this definitely reminded me. Are the Animal Crossing where you fall asleep and you get into the dream world? My note was, what is this promware for bed? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was just so weird. She it looked like she was expecting a visitor. Probably not Whitaker, but she was expecting a visitor. But this was weird because, like, he enters her dream. And what was at two thirty on the dot? Two. I was like, "What is significant to two thirty? They like. It's like the witching hour. Well, witching hour starts at three, but. Yeah, because like um, Nick, our director, literally spent thirty seconds on her clock that said two thirty. So I was like, maybe the two three zero gonna come up again later. Like, why do we care about that? It's two thirty in the morning. But anyway, um. Yeah, so 2 to 3 a.m. is the witching hour. And it's typically a sign that something is not right in your life. See, this is why I do this podcast with you. Because I was like, why are you over here with 2.30? It's going to come up again. Here you come with your witchiness. Go ahead. Go ahead, (laughs) sister witch. Anyway. Um, But like, why he had that voice, though? (laughs) Where did it come from? He's had that voice the entire episode because no, I his mention- voice definitely gets deeper. It's this weird raspy voice, but it definitely gets deeper when he's in what the dream. This- I don't what know is what this that voice? Says. The first note when we see when we meet Vince is what is this voice? That is right, it's very already personal- weird. It's already yeah. weird, but like it gets deeper when he goes into these dream sequences, like. You ain't take a lozenge before you slid no. into the dream, bro. Oh, my God. So, obviously, I'm not as blessed as you to have the DVD. So, I was listening, I was watching this on Peacock, 
and the music that's playing. The music is still weird. It's it's still weird. <laughs> is the quote like, why does this hurt so much? Or something like, because I literally wrote, why does this hurt so much indeed? I don't remember. I don't remember listening to the music. I just remember saying it was weird. And then his lines were really weird. So I focused more on what he was saying to her. Because he was like, hello, Sky. You're in my world now. My note was, is he a rejection demon? Like, because we haven't really we haven't really established any. All we know is that he's in a wheelchair at Quake. And then he's standing up in her dreams because she asked she's like how could you, you walking in your dreams which lets me know that she would have gave him the box had he not been in a wheelchair Amos, told you i never just said she wasn't it was just like he used that he like it's that trap card you know that you know you know the trap card but I'm also why do you use gloves like there ain't gonna be no fingerprints in the dream because <laughs> why do you set on gloves why he put see i knew there was something wrong because he started putting on the oj gloves and i was like oh man she not making it out alive so he tells her you know if you die in your sleep you die in real life which is a thing which is a trope that we've seen in pretty much every supernatural anything that involves sleep so again this episode is called freddy fuckboy for a reason once we get through this scene, I would like to put in a request to maybe add on to the Freddy Fuckboy. Once we finish this scene, because I got some thoughts on this it's scene. It's Freddy Fuckboy, a lesson in sexual harassment. Wait, no. And I want to change the a lesson part because he really tells this bitch, respect the dead, but he tells her, you rejected me, so now you got to pay. A lesson that we have been learning all our lives because... And I just... I really had to pause it and, like, write down... First, he was mocking her. So, guys, if you haven't seen this episode yet, she says, please don't hurt me. And he, like, he says it at the same time that she does. And he's mocking her. And then she says, please, I'll do anything. And he mocks her again. And that's when he gives the line... You rejected me, so now you got to pay. And dances, it was weird. Like, he was dancing with her. He was playing with his kill. Right. And then throws her off a ledge. And I would just like to put in a request to for the, the lesson or the title to be, and this is why we don't talk to y'all motherfuckers in the street. Because this is exactly how they be acting when we tell them no or I got a man. I re- You are following me in my sleep to murder me because you got rejected that's it that's 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 the whole plot of the murder there is no you, t- you killed my dog so now you gotta die there's no i just i just finished watching id so there's no you kicked me out the house and i had nowhere to go so you had to die like it was you rejected me and I just let's, feel like we've seen this so many times in the news lately that that pissed me off. I'm going to take it back. So, you are killing me because I rejected you directly five seconds after you attempted to pick someone else up and they rejected you. So, you didn't even, 
You didn't even offer me a drink. You literally was just like, so you want to go out? Like, there was no, let me get, like, there was nothing. There was nothing. It was like, well, she rejected me and you standing right there. You got a vagina too, so. (laughs) Exactly. So, like, at what part, like, where's your own, where's the, like, the accountability? Like, you didn't even speak game. This is why you have the whole, like, infidel women are trash because there's no accountability how and it gets worse it absolutely it absolutely it absolutely positively gets worse because like he legitimately killed this woman because he got no game and this, this is a 1998 episode, bro. And a woman still- wrote it. So this definitely is a reflection of some of the garbage that she went through as a woman in the 90s. And a shit changed. And right now is where I want to play like some happy-go-lucky music because it got really depressing real quick. <laughs> but because- it, I just feel like when you think about like how worse it got on the episode, and we'll move on, and then I'm pretty sure we'll have another rant. So the no, 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 yeah. cuts again, and you find out, first off... <laughs> My note is they get assigned to all of the Quake murders. So <gasps> My note was... Oh, look at Andy showing up on time. So this goof is actually a notable goof. So if you watch the episode, you can very clearly tell this woman does not live on the ground floor. However, when they are described, when Andy describes a crime scene, he says, are her bones were crushed despite her being on a ground floor apartment? And I was like, no, no, no. She was at least on like, the tenth floor when we when the episodes when the scene starts because we started outside well, and we zoom up. Oh, you're right. You're right. So it's very clear that she's in a higher. But were we zooming up in the dream? Because he no. uses that same platform later on, or that same roof later on in the episode. I think that roof is where he goes to jack off. So that's just his place. Can but, we? Talk- but we'll get there but, later. But. But it's a notable goof that this woman does live in the like she she's not a ground floor resident, and that bothered me. But it also bothered me that like Andy and Morris, <laughs> this is gonna be a Morris hate hour, <laughs> and more and Morris like the the cops to get assigned to this case, and I was just like, are they the Quake detectives because they. They say that this is Sky. She's a waitress at Quake, and it's like, oh, so you really? How you know she's a waitress at Quake? She wasn't in her Quake gear. Like, what? You, like, how'd you know this information already? And they're just like, ah, oh, man, this is weird, man. Ugh, There's definitely some continuity errors. I have them written down. So if they don't come up like in the conversation, I'm probably gonna go on a rant later. So mm-hmm. it then cuts to. Piper's been working out and she's been doing it for 10 days and doesn't see any results. And I feel that, Piper. I feel that. This just reminds me of when I used to sell diet pills and people would file chargebacks because the diet pills didn't work after 24 hours of receiving back. (laughs) 
Oh man. And I personally didn't sell the diet pills. I worked for a company that sold diet pills. You gotta do what you gotta do, man, to make this money in this world. They don't want you to survive. So <laughs> Prue goes, she mentions the quote unquote fine print and said it doesn't um it also include, doesn't like, include the twenty thousand dollar plastic surgery. <laughs> and I feel and- that points were made i literally have no notes on that because it, i feel like it's a genuine sister like relationship or conversation where i'm work because like yeah when me and thomas and live together she'll be working on the computer and then me and my trainer are like on zoom working out so it's normal typical fucking sister shit it was really, it's, I think for the most part, this whole scene was really cute. Phoebe comes in eating her cereal and um, she's like, they, she overhears the conversation and Prue is telling Piper, well, we all want what we can't have. And she's like, I want some dick. I want no strings attached dick. And I was like, oh, okay. And I mean, like, honestly, Phoebe made some points. She made some points. Okay, that's what's on your mind while you... You you know chomping on some some cereal. Okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, she. I mean, I'm I'm gonna set the scene. She had the spoon in her mouth, and she was like, "What was the last thing I had in my mouth that wasn't cereal?" Mm. You're right. Like you You're ain't right. Look, like you ain't look at a piece of food ever in your life and been like, "Damn, not a dick." All right, whatever. <laughs> what is wrong with you? But also I have in my notes, so does Phoebe no longer work with beautiful dresses, beautiful gowns? <laughs> you mean, um, is she no longer a psychic? Right. No, because she probably got, because she was never a psychic at the hotel. She was a sex worker at the hotel. But and I'm then saying, is she no longer, well, I guess that doesn't matter. You can keep your own hours. You can keep your own hours. Not even just that. The whole point of the job was to pay for Prue's birthday right, gift and right. me and pay for it. definitely do a good deed. So it says that, so Piper says that she wants romance and Prue's like, yeah, but you'll get romance, but then you'll have to like hide your family secret. I like storms off. And I was like, Prue. Yes, I know. I was like, family secret. You plan to lie to your, like your soulmate or whatever, because these are people who believe in soulmates. Right. And I just don't believe, I, I don't. I don't see how somebody can be your soulmate if you are afraid to be honest with them. Like, how could this person be your soulmate if you can't say that, hey, I'm a witch? Do you plan on, like, lying for the entirety of your marriage? And you know what? Thinking back to episode one, Andy knows, like, he's really into the supernatural. And so I don't think... Oh, I have... Put a pin on that because I have a note for that. Okay. I already know where you're going. I already know where you're going. So All we right. cut right back to uh, our, our our little team, Trudeau Morris, Inspector Gadget team. Um, Honestly, this is the first time they are actually doing police work. I and... was like, look at him doing police work, following up with the coroner. Just we know that Sky died of internal of massive internal hemorrhaging, mm-hmm. and Trudeau's on it. He's like, this isn't natural causes. This isn't a suicide. This don't make no sense. It has to be. And I love that Morris isn't like isn't so coony about it because he's just like, all right, was a suicide. Da, 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 da. He runs on like all the facts, and he's just like, damn, you're right, gotta be murder. I was like, oh, because at first he was like a little hesitant to agree, and I was like, do not do my boy like this again. And he was like, nah, you're right, you're right. It can't be a coincidence. You're right, and I was like, do we have growth? I- did this I vacation like, that he was on last 
episode? Did it do wonders for his spirit? Did it take the shuck out of his jive? Find out next week on Charm. (laughs) (laughs) I love that, like, though my notes are not so douchey, Morris, and great police work, finally, because... Finally, finally. We have seen... Okay, so I will admit, I ended up pausing it here and taking notes, and I noticed that we don't get long scenes. We in out, we in out. Bam, 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 bam. Because the next next scene is the quake, and... (laughs) I have a note for this. So, um, Jack Manford is actually Alex is actually Alex Zeus Mendoza, the first Mexican actor hired on the show. Why couldn't he just be Mexican? Why couldn't he be a successful like? Why couldn't he be Alex Mendoza? Why he had to be Jack Manford? We didn't pick up that he was Mexican though. It was okay. So, in doing research for the show. It was like, oh, this person is the first Mexican hired Mexican actor hired for the show. And I was like, why would you even note that? Like, why is that even something that needs to be noted? But then it is a 90s, so. Right. But then I was like. And I will, I mean, even, and I guess you can't really have a, I mean, they did it later with the interracial mom was a whore, whatever she was doing. Um, (laughs) I didn't watch it, so I don't know, guys, about the new Charmed. Um, but it was just like, I mean, we do have Daryl and he's weird. I mean, I guess for the nineties. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was, it was weird. I was like, he's Mexican. (laughs) So like knowing that he's Mexican and knowing that they called him Jack Manford this entire episode, who likes extra dry rice. (laughs) I was like, "Mm." I don't like it. And it's not like <laughs> Gary from like a million little things because <laughs> you get like the Spanishness from Gary every now like from season one. Like he wasn't like heavy handed with it, but at least you knew like Gary had a little, you know, dip on that chip. They were just I like, nah. I actually looked up if Gary was actually Spanish in real life because I didn't. No, yeah, he does his whole. He had a whole article over the summer. He, about I did read. Fun. I think you sent it to me, and I read the article because yeah. I was like, I definitely watched him in Psych, and I was psyched because I didn't know that. So that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I guess like it just. I mean, going I mean, back look. to that article, going back right. to the article, yeah, he had to. He he said he felt the need to hide his whiteness. I mean, his Mexicanness because of Hollywood and Jack Manford being. A Mexican who loves extra dry rice sounds like the reason why he knows that he likes extra dry rice is because this order is like thank you overly long. (laughs) It is set up to show us that Jack Manford because Piper serves him the food and is like it's set up to show not only Jack Manford but to show that um, Piper is now waitressing as well. And Phoebe comes in and is like, hey, why are you doing this? And she's like, oh, yeah, because Sky didn't come in. Pause here. So they knew she was a waitress at Quake, but they didn't notify Quake that she was dead? Okay, so that was my note that I was going to bring up later. And I was like, all right, well, maybe she hasn't been notified. They're still doing the whole investigation. So, you know, maybe that's not on, like, the top 10 things to do. But they never... (laughs) Tell Piper. 
But wouldn't that be a part of the investigation? Because if she's a waitress, you know that she's a waitress at Quake. At the very least, you Look, have to go to Quake and ask what time she left Quake. Ma'am, ma'am. You can't So ask. I take it back. No, I no, take no, it no, back. No. It wasn't Quake. No, 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 no. Because no. episode one, Andy wasn't even showing up to the crime scene before she was bagged and tagged. Okay? This is growth. This is growth what? that we have here. That's this man showed know. up on time. He contacted the coroner. He followed up. He put two and two together. Look, he don't have time for Quake, okay? He's an inspector. That's that's like detective work, okay? That makes no fucking sense. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't. It. I, I know. Just it just. It. It, I know. Because, like, how do you know she work at Quake but don't notify Quake that she's not, like, she's dead? Also, like, part of your investigation would be going to the last place she was before she came home, which would be Quake. See how this doesn't make any sense, Constance? Anyway, so Phoebe leaves her home that she shares with her sisters to harass her sister at her job to be like, hey, I got a spell for you. But why are we... Why are Phoebe... Why are we just... Why are we discussing this? Wait, can we can we put a put a pin real quickly? Phoebe ain't got no job. Phoebe always at Quake. Why Phoebe don't work at Quake? Phoebe worked at Quake for that one episode where she was like using the car and then was like, this get in the way of me fucking and sucking. So <gasps> she was like, I wake, I make way more money at that hotel being a psychic. <laughs> exactly. But, like, you guys live together. Why couldn't you just discuss the spell at home? Because Prue was home. And you know how... You assumed how Prue was going to be. So... But why... Also, why Phoebe like to have these conversations in public? That's what... That's literally my point. My note is y'all live together. You can't do this at home. Like, I get that you don't want to... Like, you... The, the manor is huge. They have a whole... They have, like, What's a living room. on that? Who even knows? They got three. To... Be- they got three what? bedrooms, a basement, a huge ass kitchen, a dining room. I mean, room, the a living manor room. is a real manor. I'm going to see if I can find out what the taxes of that is. But either year. way, there's so many. You guys have more than one bathroom in this house. There's so many places that you can have this conversation. They're wealthy at home without the ear. Apparently not because they needed help to pay for Graham's funeral. Um. Like, it's just so weird that why would, like, I guess she's just being used as a plot device to move the story along, but it's just done very clunkily because there's no right, reason for right. this to be done at Quake. Um, so she went to the then, love spell and then Piper says no, um, but Phoebe wants a good time. The sec- I wrote the sex aspect, Phoebe, is real sad. We've already established that <laughs> the bad sex... Uh, She's pretty much a flashlight at this point. Piper does tell her that doing a love spell for sex is kind of desperate. I think she has a breeding kink, to be honest. We already we have already established that she gets like premonitions about the sex before the sex, and good or bad, she's still having it. And now you want to do a spell to get more sex? You have a breeding kink. There's a point in every episode. Where you say some wild ass shit. And I'm like, why the fuck did I decide to do this with you? 
And it came very early this episode. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? You are looking at me and tell me I'm wrong, bro? <laughs> I wouldn't say a breeding because when I think see okay so a little bit too much information about me but I read a lot of male male romances and when I think of breeding kink that's not how I want to think of Alyssa Milano so we're just gonna All right. All we're right. gonna move on I wrote the next scene a... whatever crew is home early uh, because she cancels her date with Andy because she's exhausted but Phoebe, no, Andy, Andy canceled on her. Oh, excuse me, because of the murder, but couldn't mm-hmm. call Piper to be like, yo, your waitress ain't come back. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and Phoebe is screaming out the ingredients that they need for the spell. <laughs> she's like, Piper, I was wrong. The spell calls for blah. And then she's like, did I say spell? I mean, recipe. <laughs> We're busted. And I actually like this scene. This because- yes, he was really cute. I like this because they don't even they cut really quickly to them explaining what they're doing and then Prue is just like I appreciate that she's annoyed by their behavior but she's over it I have told you I wrote to that Prue is totally totally over the bullshit and lets them do it <laughs> she's like I already told y'all stop fucking with this shit for this dumb shit y'all want to do this dumb shit whatever happens happens I'm over it children right. who don't listen must feel I was, yeah, I was going to say that. I was like, she sounded like an exhausted Caribbean mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, so they're doing the spell. And so, so, spoiler alert, this isn't the first time we will see a perfect um, man spell be used on the show. <laughs> but you do a lot of man do, spells on the show. I know. Before they do the actual spell, they're going over their requirements for their perfect man. And I wrote, Piper's list made my pussy dry. I thought it was a little bit, it was a lot. It was a lot for me. It was, it, it was super cheesy. She wanted a man who loved to stay in on Saturdays, who loved to like cuddle, who loved being in love. He loved the idea of love. He loved the idea of being in love with her. Love, love. Love. Like, think of everything. But it definitely was that juxtaposition against Phoebe. Like, I need, excuse me, I need a dick big. I need this. And I need sex. I need sex. More sex. More sex. Sex. Leather. Sex. Leather. Biker. Motorcycle. It was definitely, they were both. On. No, but I, I love how they kind of do stuff up. Because I would love to think that Constance was this, like, smart. um, And was this thoughtful ahead. Because. If you see, I mean, thinking ahead, if you see the requirements for Phoebe and the requirements for Piper, they kind of, they kind of track with how the series plays out. Yes. Yeah. It's a little practical magic if you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. <laughs> right? So I know it was a lot of sex in John but what she said was, to clear it up, was she wanted sex with a hint of danger and a man who liked to recycle. So choke me, but care about the environment. Use me as your sex toy, but like go about your business. Okay. So the A woman spell. after my own heart. Sounds like some shit I used to write in like 
my early 20s. Sorry. Phoebe said, like, this kind of... Remember me younger being like, I don't want no man. I just want a string of boyfriends that I can just rotate. God, and then, I am Piper. Yeah. Years, I thought I was Phoebe, but I really no, am Piper. I distinctly remember being this kind of way about Phoebe. Like, I wasn't annoyed with it because if Prue was 27, because this is what we learned in the episode. God, if Prue I'm was Piper. 27, Piper has to be, what, 25, 20, 24, 25. That means Phoebe has to be 21, 22. There's a continuity. There is a continuity, but we'll get and to I that when we get anything. to that. Okay. Damn. I know, I know, I know. So if Prue was, I mean, I'll say it this way. No. Keep it moving. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so if Phoebe is 21, 22, of course I don't want no husband. Of course I don't want nobody to like hold me down. I just don't Make- like the fact that I really thought I was out here being Phoebe. But I've always been a Piper. I mean. I mean. You married a man you've known I think, like, now. You married your high school sweetheart. Junior high school. I mean, damn. (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I'm not married, but junior high school was a special time for both of us. Yeah, yeah. 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 Damn. Ugh. I just really felt like I was... That's disgusting. I hate it. But I I never... So do you have a breeding kink is what you're saying? I Next question. don't. I don't have a breeding kink. In fact, so I guys, definitely- we we record this, and while we don't have video yet, we can see each other. We do this remotely because we live in two different states. She's not looking at me. I'm looking directly at now. You. She's looking at me I'm because I'm calling it out. But she was definitely looking in the corner. Excuse me, your 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 boyfriend's in the house. My partner understands that I am definitely afraid of babies. And it's going to be the third wild thing I say on this episode. Yo, he starts sounding like he coming too close. I'm going to be like, nope, nope, no, 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 no babies. I will run away. I will run away. Nope. I think she has a breeding kink. I do not have a breeding kink. You can have a breeding kink and be on birth control. I'm not on birth control, though. I feel like sometimes you just be giving our listeners way too much information about yourself. But you I know, mean, a transparent podcast is a successful the old, podcast. The- <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> my next so, note is Phoebe made some horny ass points. She did. And she the- did. I wrote down <laughs> that Kit was looking at them like, "What the fuck is your problem?" <laughs> Knowing that kid but is later on in the episode, that was definitely a different look. Right. So it's also really cute because um, Phoebe notes are like, we're so happy that, be happy that we're not men because they would have to walk around with like cake in their armpit for a week. And I was like, men don't need any additional help to ruin lives. Like, why would you even, why would you put that little crumb out there so some weirdo dude could start, like, researching how to do, like, love spells? Get out of here. So if any female is looking for the love spell, I don't have the spices that they used, but you're supposed to place heated spices in a velvet bag with a record of your ideal <laughs> desire. As the bag. bag heats, you chant three times, I conjure thee, I conjure thee. 
I'm the queen, you're the bee, as I desire, so shall it be. So if you guys use that and y'all don't get what y'all were looking for, don't come to us. You know what? Come to us because I would like to know what happened. I don't know what the spices are. Y'all can figure that out. But um, So right yeah. after they complete the spell, the phone rings and Phoebe automatically thinks it's for her. Right. So they run downstairs and it is actually Whitaker. Vince. It's Vince. And she's just like, um, who is this? He's like, oh, I sent you a glass of wine the other day and you turned it down. And she was like, how'd you get this number? My phone's unlisted. Well, she's going to get the unlisted part out. He hangs up on her before she can it get that. It is weird because he's doing that weird voice again. And it's just like, and you're offended that she don't want to talk to you. I've already told you I have a boyfriend. I've already you have you found my neglected number. your advances and you find my number and call me mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to be like, oh, my thanks so unlisted. much for calling. I changed my mind. My unlisted. We have to stress the fact that her phone number is not listed. How did he get her phone number? Because men have audacity. <laughs> exactly, and because of that. As soon as he hung up on me, I would have called Andy. Why are you not calling your boyfriend? You Because he's dealing with a murderer. I, no, I'm sorry. If a man who offered me a drink and I turned him down called me on my unlisted phone number, despite me never giving him my phone number, I'm freaked out. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think... Because I wrote this down later in the episode as well. Do you think she did not find him harmless because he was in a wheelchair? I don't think she knew he was in a wheelchair. Okay. Because remember, he was across the room, so we only saw him sitting down. So I don't think she even... Because it definitely does come up later in the episode. And I was like, so what? What? When did, like, because, like, he offers her... So when Sky comes... It doesn't come up later in the episode with her. But it definitely mm-hmm. comes up as a point of like, he couldn't do anything wrong because he's in a wheelchair. I mean, it's an ableist ass episode. So Right, right. I mean, Vince is a piece of shit, but we can call a spade a spade. It's... Right. So... so Phoebe ends up going to Quake and it cuts into Phoebe is relaxing in a tub. And can I just say that tub is really nice? I mean, Prue. Prue, I'm sorry. Prue is in a tub. And she's relaxing and she has like candles lit and she has bubble bath. And I was like, wow, I'm this is say nice... this right now. I, this is my worst fucking fear, bro. You know me. You know how much I love baths. You don't nobody love a bath more than me. And this whole setup is a setup I've done for myself plenty of times, including the part where Prue falls asleep in the tub. You know how many times I have fallen asleep in the tub? Do you know how many times? <laughs> I have woken up and been like, oh, shit. It's two hours later. Oh, God. I'm pruned. Haha, <laughs> you're pruned. Get out I'm, of my Caucasian home. I'm sorry. But, again, he puts on the gloves in the dream. I think, I legitimately think it's just, he doesn't, I think he doesn't understand how it works. And, I feel like a just in case. Yeah. 
So he does, he he does the whole weirdo breathing thing again. And she tries to say, like, help. He mocks her. He goes, and I cringe. This is when I texted you and was like, I can't do this episode. He goes, I know your every thought and desire. And I was like, ah! I was so skeeved by that. It was this, I just felt like, and then this this scene gets so much worse. It gets so cringy. And I have a, I'm now thinking, it literally just hit me. So in the scene, Prue thinks she's having a nightmare. And mm-hmm. her mom's when they were kids, her mom said, like, if you're ever having a nightmare, just confront the nightmare and tell them that it's not real, go away, and eventually it'll go away. And that's what she does. And he mocks her. So he knows everything. He knows about her mom and this thing that he taught she taught her. He doesn't know that she's a witch. Like, right. if you if you are the master of my subconscious, then you should do know you that know? as well. Especially because it's something that she's hiding so deep in her subconscious because she doesn't want to tell Andy. It was just, but not even that. Like, I get that later on. Cause I think I wrote it down later on. Like, so he still doesn't know she's a witch, but he like, he's mocking her about it. And he's like molesting her. He's like caressing her face and then like caresses her shoulders and then takes the loofah and scratches, takes his nails and scratches down her back. And I was seething. <laughs> Just how fucking dare you? Just I know. I hope you it's, die a quick death. <laughs> I mean, it's so weird. And uh, I it just doesn't make any sense the more I think about it. And like I, I if we ever, ever get a chance to talk to Constance, I want to know who hurt her. Because this, this is the audacity of men right here. This is somebody who is totally fed up because I have told you no over and over and over again. And clearly my consent don't matter. Right. So she like, she's thrashing and screaming. And next thing you know, Piper opens, like Piper knocks and then wakes her up. So thank God she wakes up and she's like, Oh, I just had a thing. And I, a you really know what? A bad I, thing. And Piper's like, a thing? And she's like, whatever. And then Piper's like, okay, cool, whatever. It goes about her business. And then when Prue gets out the tub, she sees the scratch marks on her back. And at that point, why wouldn't you call Piper back and be like, yo, look at these fucking scratch marks on my back. What, I, we need to investigate this. So she does try to bring it up to her in the morning. And, but the scratch marks have healed, so Piper. Right. I I literally wrote. I hate this gas. Like I hate the gaslighting in this episode because I'm gonna say this every fucking episode until they get it through the damn heads. Jeremy literally said, "We will never stop." And every time something freaky happens, y'all like, girl, are you sure? Are you? I think you are. You know, you're overworked. You could be tired. Yeah, Piper's like, it's it's Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning. Prue's on her third cup of coffee and Piper's admonishing her or like just being mean because Prue has worked like 60 hours this week. She's going in on a Saturday. She's sleep deprived, like kind of like how we both are right now. And she's like, I think you're just, I think you're making it up. 
or whatever. And at that point, I know you can't use your powers on your sister, but I would have fucking thrown some shit at this bitch and walk out but the Piper house. Piper then says, well, if that was a situation, like, so why didn't you use your powers? And I was just like, one, okay, I just I got these. That, but like, no, I just got these powers. I barely can master them while I'm awake. I'm a master them while I'm asleep. I was just really disappointed with Piper. Not, I mean, bitch, you dated a ghost. You fell at in this love point, with a ghost. Anything is on the table. Anything is in possible. my notes. The sentence about Piper wanting to know why. Um, she didn't use her powers is never finished because I then scribble, oh, okay, so Phoebe's a whore. <laughs> so I, I wrote, here comes this self-centered whore. Like, you can fuck. Here comes but- the whore. <laughs> like, you can fuck. But in the common spaces, because she said, so... Why are you in my fridge? Let's, let's back it up. Let's back. Okay, so... In walks this guy. He is gorgeous. He is. Yeah. We're. I'm saying gorgeous because this is how. Because Piper is like, oh, Piper don't even care that this strange man with his shirt off in her kitchen. Not she even like, Prue. So you know no, he was. Fine. No, 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 no. Prue did. She was like, uh, hello. And but not then, like Prue episode one. Prue. I know, but she's at least Prue still had her like, bitch. What the fuck is this? Um, this and man ain't got no Piper, fucking manners. Piper says who cares <laughs> like you don't see her say it but like i think it's 80 yard in that she says who cares and then phoebe walks in with his shirt and she's like oh hans so this man's name is hans because you know he got the hands no you gotta even see nah so you gotta even go back this motherfucker opens the fridge they have glass milk bottles and he drinks from the milk bottle who and Raised I had you. no, you ain't got no goddamn manners. You see two other people in this home and you don't say good morning? Anyways, Who drinks so, from a bottle, bro? I, I mean, if I'm killing it in my own house, yes. But yes. Not in anybody, I'm not drinking from the bottle and killing it in anybody else's house. But anyway, Phoebe comes in and is like, oh, Hans, found your shirt. And he was like, where was it? The hammock? And then he like... He goes to leave and he's like, oh, I forgot. And then recycles the glass bottle that he just drank out of and leaves. And Piper is very visibly disgusted by this behavior because he quickly goes from being a hot guy in his house to the hot guy who had sex all over their house. And like the common spaces, baby, you're not the only one who uses hammock, sweetie. You're not the only one who sleeps. Like, you know, this isn't your house. This isn't your house alone. You pay z- exactly zero fucking bills. And this is the audacity that you fucking have to bring some dude that you just fucking met. My whole issue with this show is they be bringing people in their house after knowing them for less than two hours. You're not coming to my crib after two hours and knowing you. We go into like somewhere else. No. No. But you don't come to where I reside. Just going back to danger. episode three. Where we already know that Phoebe be having these premonitions and knowing that the sex is going to be bad and continuing it. Um, you all up and down in these comment rooms and nobody heard y'all last night? I mean... So, he looked the, uh, good. He's endowed, but he don't know how to hit it? The condoms that they use because they use lots and lots of condoms. Yeah, as she does Phoebe clarify said. that she has safe sex and I appreciate that. 
the lots and lots of condoms quieted the sex like a silencer, you know. Ooh, just the smell of like <laughs> used rubber just all throughout the condom the common like I I'm I'm excited for the maturity of Phoebe because I right now hate the way they're doing my girl. Like Homegirl is horny. She's just leaving everything. Just uh, it's it's depressing uh, and disappointing. I'm I'm I feel I'm like here for the growth. <laughs> I cannot wait. I mean if we think of, okay, if we think about it this way. I mean, technically, you're the oldest, so you would be Prue, and that would make me Piper. And Thomason is Phoebe. Not anymore. I mean, not anymore. I mean, I mean, if we're, if we're thinking, no, I'm, I'm thinking about it like as sisters. There's always going to be like a, a younger, happier, I don't give a fuck sister, right. And we said last week that Thomason be leaving our doors unlocked. So there's always an unsafe, an unsafe sister. And at, at this point, I think it's just, it's annoying because it kind of rings true, but it's also annoying because you kind of hope you want better for this person. Right. You have, but like, it's you also have- like, I'm okay. My issue isn't necessarily with the fact that she's out living her best life on somebody else's dime and having all the sex that she wants. It's the fact that clearly these men ain't hitting right. And she's okay with that. And that bothers me. Like, I, th- I want more I mean, for you, honestly, girl. Honestly, I don't think... How, up until recently, we were taught to not to care about our satisfaction, simply theirs. But that's not and- good sex. You still wouldn't, Andrew, with your sister, you would tell your sisters that it's garbage. No, what I am saying is, up until recently, we were taught to not really be concerned about our sex. I mean, like, how we felt. It was more so about getting them off. So, if you're looking at sex through that gaze, then it's not, a lot of people don't know that they're having bad sex. Okay. I will take that. A lot of people are uneducated on what makes them nut and what makes them happy. And but I thought Alyssa Milano was the boss. Well, the boss hasn't looked at herself while pleasuring herself in front of a mirror. Okay. So the next thing <laughs> I wrote is that Andy is again actually doing his job. He ended up going through the cold case archives and found more women that fit the same MO. Um, Morris I mean, again almost blows him off. Is like, mm, like, why are you doing this? Where, where you going with this? Well, yeah, like, he says that like, um, this makes no sense. And then Andy's like, well, the first victim dated Vince, and at, she was the first person. And then were like, what five other murders kind of like it, or four or five other murders that's that meet mm-hmm. the criteria. So since Vince is the first person, let's right. talk to him. There's no, they have no other clues. They have nothing else. Right, so right. might as well he go here. This is a serial killer. Yep, yep. And, and I then think we can't honestly, quick. <laughs> and I really think honestly, much this episode. Um, I literally wrote, I think it's the serial killer aspect. That's why he's working so hard. He needs the glory. Because you never really oh. see, you, you never really see him work that hard. The last time we see him work this hard is with, the, with Jeremy. 
Well, what was that episode two where the girls go missing and we had all these girls go missing and he was like, um, exactly the last time and he blew the cover to yeah, go that's with what I'm saying. Brew. But remember when we, there were oh, a so bunch just, of women. So missing girls don't mean shit. But it's, serial it's, killed it's, girls mean something. Exactly. He's going for the glory because remember with he Jeremy. Exactly. Yeah, because he was no, going he's for the not glory. Daddy Andy anymore. I take it back. My feelings are hurt. I'm sorry. Cause like I <laughs> with Jeremy, he um he was doing the research. He figured out what an athame was. He did all that work because it was an actual serial killer. Let me see with the missing ladies. He didn't really care. He wasn't doing anything. Piper had to solve the crime for him with came to John um, Cho. And here we are with another serial killer. Look at him doing some legwork. He only cares about getting his name in the papers and the high ticket, the high, like, the... I can't think of it because my brain is friggin'... Like, the highly publicized cases. That's what he cares about. All right, Joe Kenda. Papa Joe. Papa Joe Kenda. So we go back to Quake. And Phoebe is telling Piper that the spell worked um, because this dude, Hans, had never been to Quake before, but he caught a flat tire on his motorcycle and that he had bumped into her when she was exiting the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And Hans, Hans, Hans <laughs> liked her immediately and they can't keep their hands off each other. And, and just- like he's, he's actually in the background at Quake. Yeah, and yep. I was like, I literally wrote that. That's creepy. Like, I understand like the honeymoon phase, but we not were on a lunch date. Remember, because he was like, "All right, I'll see you later for lunch," and then they went to Quake because she had to discount. So that means she paid with no money. Well, he probably paid, but she got the discount because she ain't got no money. I just don't. You can't take me nowhere but my sister job. But anyway, <laughs> so as. As this is happening, um, Jack Manford, again, with his extra dry rice, um, decides to profess his love for Piper. And he's just like, you know, I've been watching you and I want to get to know you. And um, Piper starts like hyperventilating because she realizes that the spell works. Right. And she goes to call Prue. And it's like, why would you call, like, why was Prue, why do we have to call Nobody her? Nobody wants Phoebe's advice. But, I'm, Prue has already, like, washed her hands of this, like, situation. She was already annoying me, like, y'all bitches do whatever the fuck y'all want to do. I mean, but how many times have you been like, do whatever you want to do, and I'm going to tell you everything anyway? I mean, I'm going to fuck. I'm going to tell you. Anyway. I mean, so we to as- each other. Cool each other. As she's calling, I'd be like, Prue, all right, but we had this conversation. You'd be like, yeah, I know, but I guess as she's calling Prue, some other man is like, hovering, like mad weird. Instead of going on a date with Jack Manford, you should go to Paris with me. And that's when Iron wrote that you start scam these men, start scamming these men. Run going back pocket. to Cardi. Run day pocket. Run day pocket. Going back to Cardi. Yep, yep. See. Cardi, Cardi, Cardi. Because Cardi. at this point, you throwing your dick in your wallet at me. I'm gonna take that wallet for all it's worth because I'm not my whole ass sister. <laughs> I got bills to pay and mouths to feed. I just feel but- like she wouldn't have made it back. Mm-mm. He'd have taken her to Paris and probably would have murdered her. 
Yeah, that's what happens. I watch I mean, Discovery. Considering I know how this episode evolves, you're not wrong. See? You're so then the wrong. scene, which I thought was a really cute flip. The scene flips over to Prue at Buckland's finishing the conversation with Piper. And Rex comes in and drops off mad work and reprioritizes her. Ain't nobody else work here at Buckland's? No. And I think, like, I wrote down, I was like, looks like my work life. Because she literally just finished her project. And I, I, literally, at my desk, to my left, I have a whole... I have boxes of inventory that needs to get like something done with it. And I'm just like, yeah, Prue, we in this together. Like I looked at Rex dumped the paperwork on her and I looked at the boxes and I was just like, I mean, it's my, it's my auction house. Why got a knock? I mean, but still. And so Prue has to work on that. So we already Mm -hmm. know that like, this is Saturday. She's running on like, 60, 70 hour work weeks. This is the weekend. And now she has to work all night for this dick. Mm-hmm. Which bothers me because I feel like as her boss, you should know that whatever, I guess it's the 90s is what they did in the 90s. You worked all these hours to prove your you mean, worth. What you mean the 90s? Remember I used to work six days a week too? I told you you were dumb doing that. I mean, but now, like, this is my window. Y'all catch, don't catch me outside my window. I don't exist to you outside my window. I love when people send emails like, well, you didn't respond. Yes, because you got my out of office. If it was that important, you would have emailed my me My D&D again. is active for eight, no, for nine hours. If I, I really like care it. about you. If I really care about you, I'll hit you up during that nine-hour stretch. But if I'm working, don't you don't exist. I think my phone's on DMD now because if I'm working, you don't exist. Now, now, see, I mean, see how it, how the progression is happening. We're coming into our own, but like you know, I mean, especially like think about her last boss and how he was stealing her work and all that. So I can understand that she feels she has to prove herself, but it definitely kind of pissed me off. Girl power, prove girl power. I guess. So again, we're doing another scene jump. We're just not uh-huh. seeing these scenes longer than like 65 seconds. Piper and Phoebe are talking back at the mansion. Um, Piper ended up staying all day to chat with Jack. Uh-huh. And Phoebe is going dancing. And the then cons. Piper was like, oh, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it because, you know, if we talked all day then you know we might just not get there until it closes. And Phoebe thought, all right, whatever, and she leaves. But I noted that Piper looks, like, concerned. Yeah, I I mean, if we're being honest, Piper never really wanted to do this spell to begin with. She had reservations about it, and watching you, yawn, Phoebe, yawn, thanks so much. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Piper had reservations about it, and we didn't really see how Phoebe talked her into it. We just saw that Phoebe talked her into it. But if she was reluctant to do it to begin, it would stand to show that, like, even though it's proving to be fruitful, it's not what she wants per se. Mm-hmm. I also wrote down, we still ain't locking doors. Because Phoebe just walked right out. But Piper didn't leave with her, so she just left it with I Piper don't to do. I care. 
What if there was I, a mass murderer outside? I live by the if there's pussy in the house, lock up the door <laughs> rule. But like, I, that's not a rule pussy that everybody. Kid. If that's apparently not a rule that everybody has, and we can't. Apparently, San Francisco is safe. Cutscene. So here we go again. We're jumping now. We see the boys at a dream lab, which I thought was weird that it wasn't a sleep lab. Actually, they had to cross out sleep lab because they wanted to let you know that this was a dream laboratory. And I wrote that. Why does this sound weird or foolish to you, Morris? Because sleep studies, dream studies are a thing. Like this isn't, this isn't way as far-fetched as like Athame's at witches. <laughs> Right. It it's something within a mortal wheelhouse that while you may not unless you have unless you know somebody or you yourself suffer with like bad sleep, you wouldn't know about it immediately. But the idea of it shouldn't be so foreign that you're just like, Ugh, what this is stupid. I mean, but it's more as plain, you know Devil's advocate. I mean, he's not as coonin as he typically is. So they mentioned that this is a privately researched facility um, and that Berman or Whitaker and Julie had worked together on the first project on a project and Julie was his was the first victim. So Inspector Trudeau was like, this don't make no sense. Something's not right in the water. So they get them to call out Whitaker to come to talk to them. And they're shocked that he's in a wheelchair. And again, so now, I don't know if you noticed, Whitaker is talking very slow. Like, girl, he's my not note, all there. My note legitimately says, lock him up. Because the way he is talking to Andy, let me see if I can pull up my notes app. Um, where's the first one? Um, <laughs> I said, this guy is sketchy as fuck. Why are you talking like the black kid from Malcolm in the Middle? And then while he, so while Andy is uh, interrogating him, he asks him for a um for an alibi for the night that Sky died, and he runs down while he was like, "Yeah, I have the dream study. I have the people who are watching me do the dream study. The results of the dream study." And he's like, "Shall I produce them?" And the way he I wrote, shall I produce them? Arrest yeah. this man. Arrest him. Hello, 911. The killer. He's the killer. Anybody who talks, like. He was talking he, cocky, but like also that he wasn't 100% there upstairs. And you know what? If, we're be, if I'm giving it a little bit of grace, but not a lot of bit of grace. A lot of it. Giving it a little bit of grace. He does have to be drugged up to enter these deep sequences. So I would say that maybe him getting out, he was a little groggy. Hence, like, the speech patterns or whatever. But that... It was weird. That It was just weird. Again, I needed a shower. Yes. And then we go again and we jump to another scene. <laughs> I was just like, we're just not going to... Stay in any of these scenes longer than 65 seconds. Okay. So now we see Piper is on her date with Jack. And she's talking about hives and having ulcers. 
And at one point she mentions like, do you want to see my tattoo? And I was like, that's not a bad thing, but okay. Well, no, 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 no. This is the nineties. And remember in the nineties, if you were tattooed, you couldn't get a job. Do you remember? But do you remember the, like the stigma, like around tattoos? I don't remember. Well, I'm surprised because you know you are you know older than me, but there was a stigma around tattoos in the '90s. I mean, you should know. I don't mean it like in a mean way. I just like it's something that like you, rude, you stupid ass. You obviously entered the anyway. workforce before me. Whatever. So, so she was basically just trying to turn Jack off, and Jack was like, "You can never turn me off." And then he like kisses her all week. Oh. I didn't like this scene. This scene just reminded me of that um, Tierra Marie princess scene from Love and Hip Hop um, Hollywood, where she's like, you're not okay, baby, and I know you're not. And this, what, having that in my head, watching her just go through the motions of this scene, it makes sense, because it's like, you see somebody legitimately lying to themselves. She's not having fun. Like she didn't want to do this spell to begin with. Mm-hmm. You like you you're trying to like prove a point, but you're not happy, baby. And I know you're not. Right, you're not and good, he tries baby. To tell him that he's under a spell. And he's like, Yes, a love spell. And then she turns around and like all these men are like popping up and just like have flowers and it's weird. I didn't like this it. reminded me of why I love and hated that Sandra Bullock movie, Love Potion number nine. I've never seen it. So Love Potion number nine is legitimately the spell in potion form, but whoever drinks it obviously gets the opposite sex is attracted to them. And there's a scene where like a hooker drinks it and every man follows this woman for like five miles. Like she's running for her life. And it's very, it's scary to think of this woman drinking a love potion when every man in California is just running after her, trying to boink her. And then you see the same scene, like, five years later with Piper, just at a restaurant. Don't give no man no power. Don't give, mm -mm. (laughs) ladies, let this be a lesson to you. Love spells do not work. They're not good. Don't do it. If you have to cast a spell for them, then they're not yours, sweetie. They're never going to be yours. It was never going to be you. Not you. I'm sorry that was harsh, but you needed to hear it. Is that you? Somebody did. I feel like every every rant, every episode now, you're doing this, these rants. You're doing like these, these auntie heart rants. Heart, these heart-to-heart rants where yeah, some poor girl right. is like, you know what? I was, but that girl said no. And I'm just, you know what? Right on time. So we go to another scene and we see him getting strapped up. He's taking the dream inducement to level 12, even though they really don't know what the results were on his body from level eight. And he was like, if I say kick it up, kick that shit. Right. It was, I'm like, but y'all are the scientists. It sounded really gross because he was like, it allows me to get into the dream sequence faster and stay there longer. All right. Sounds like so, Viagra. I have another thing. How does he, is he just like waiting around for Prue to fall asleep? That was my note. 
that's my I was like, how did he know? How does he know that she's asleep? Or is he like stalking her and then like driving back to the lab? Like how I mean, but he even no, he then, can't. like at Buckland's, he wouldn't know. Like he wouldn't know. I mean, well, I don't know. I don't know. Cause he found he her unlisted number. He definitely had to he definitely like I think he hangs out in the dream sequence until like she wait, she goes to sleep. He just be dream hopping in people's lives until she <laughs> until he's like, oh, my Prue alert. Um, so Prue falls like Prue falls asleep at her desk, and we see him harass her while she's sleeping at her desk, and he's just like, oh, asleep at your desk, huh? Why are you why are you was at work? What you running from at home? And I really. Why would you ask? I'm not running from the bills. Gotta get paid. Like, leave me alone. Cause you at work too, bro. What are you talking about? We both sleeping on the job. We both sleeping on the job. Get the fuck out my face. (laughs) Um. So Prue ends up kicking him in the nuts. mm Mhm. And then taking her letter opener and stabbing him in the hand. Which actually works. Which I'm surprised. How did I not wake him up or like wake her up? So because he is, remember, he's drugged to be asleep. He gets mad and tries to throw her because she's in like one of those wheelie chairs mm-hmm. and tries to take the chair and throw it off. But the phone rings. That's what wakes her up. And, and it's Amy on the phone. Talk about, I just wanted to hear your voice. And she was like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Thanks so much for wake, for like calling. I and- mean, she was out of it and like shook. But I was like, damn, Andy. Um, no, I I get that. Because, like, my partner has definitely been, like, he's been super sweet to me. And I'd be like, yeah, whatever. And it's not because, like, I mean, it's just because I just woke up and I'm not a person. So, fix your you fucking face. I'm about to say, you mean, you mean all the time. It's just who the hell you are. What the fuck? You're right. You're definitely right. I'm, I'm just mean when I wake up. Okay, that man got trauma. I am meanest when I first wake up. And that's saying a lot because you're just mean in general. So if you're meaner when you first wake up, that's probably why he go to he go to work that early. Yo, what's so funny is <laughs> he he is afraid to wake me up because I'm also a light sleeper. So I think like the trauma of me being an evil person, the first like five minutes of you me being man. awake. Tiptoeing around the house, rolling on the floor. <laughs> Getting dressed in the living room just not to wake me up, you know. Which is why I say all men are trash, but not my man. Because you see what he doing? Crawling on the floor for his baby. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> where we at now? So, so Buckland ends up, and she has her back towards the door as she's talking to Andy. I guess she hangs on the phone with Andy and Buckland like grabs the back of her chair and she turns around with the the letter the, opener in her hand. That's covered and, in blood? Yes. And she got to go home th- or leave the premises. So the, There's the a next letter couple op- of scenes The letter opener is covered in blood. Her hand isn't cut. She then, like, obviously she's alarmed, so she's not threatening you with it. But if anybody 
does this towards me with a knife that already has blood on it, I'm going to be like, I'm going to ease my asshole out and call the cops <laughs> from a safe distance. I mean, but you didn't get called the cops on when you were attacking people with rat tail combs. That's because I never stabbed anybody and it was never attacking. It was self-preservation. That man came at me first. <laughs> And if we're bringing that shit up, I said nothing to that man. I minded my goddamn business. He tried to get a rise out of you. It wasn't working. So he tried to come at me and brought that raw raw shit to me and didn't know I had that thing on me. So me and my rat tail comb was like, what you want to do? I just so- want to say, if you bring it up, I, I still got the parking spot, though. Fuck that man. <laughs> Fuck that man, the four wheels he rode on. <laughs> Imagine getting stabbed by my short ass with that rat tail comb and having to tell that story. Hey, His girl John. even backed him up either. This girl was like, both of them crazy. You don't want this smoke. <laughs> Let us listen to I'm warning y'all from off rip. I don't argue with people. I don't. I just mind my business. But if you come for me, I will send Jesus after you. I do argue. I do like to argue. But as I'm arguing, Raynell's in the background prepping for <laughs> Yo, I t- Yo, you would just see my hair slowly go up into a ponytail. All- <laughs> like you <laughs> Is, you is be- that what it is? Am I like detracting from the fact that you about to go to war? When I'm arguing, because you always just be in the background, just well, we don't do that no more. I'm a mom. Um, and we also don't live in the same state. Anymore. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe yeah. maybe that's what helped our growth. Um, is it growth or is it self-preservation? Because always believe in self-preservation. And there's also a TikTok that explains my mannerisms. I will figure out a way to link it to this episode. <laughs> but just know. So don't anyway, do... going back into, because you're not going to have me here for three hours. We going already back at the hour into, and a half mark. Going back into the scene. So we go and we see Morris is talking about the fact that there's no way that he possibly could have done anything because he's in a wheelchair. And I was just like, <laughs> really? That is your reason? And then he goes, he didn't have a motive. But Andy told you that there was a motive because so, his girlfriend, who he used to work with, was the first victim. So no, Andy said, no, what happened was Mark, I mean Mark, Vince wasn't always uh, in a wheelchair. He and his we girlfriend- We don't learn that yet. So that it hasn't even come up in the scene yet. But you do know that there is a linkage between this man and the first victim. And I'm your laughing. very first response when you get back into the office was, this man's in a wheelchair. Clearly, he couldn't have done anything. It's very funny to me that Eric Cartman was less ableist than Morris in this episode. <laughs> because there's an episode of South Park where all he screams is cripple fight because he wants to see... <laughs> Because he, he wants to see them fight. What? And like and the fact that like Cartman gives agency to like Timmy who's in the wheelchair and I can't forget forget the oh the other kid's name. The other kid who has like the messed up legs and has like the crutches. I forgot. I know what you're talking about. 
he wants them two to fight, and he's giving them so much agency to like Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy and Timmy. Yes, uh, he like he treats them like human beings. Like even though like he's screaming cripple fight, he's still at least giving them like an agency and letting them like be more than just cripples. More I'm than mad that your warped mind is. Cartman is giving him agency as he screams out cripple fight. What the fuck? Like, at least Cartman believes that people who are handicapped can fight. Morris is over here like, you in a wheelchair, dog. I don't know what you're talking about, brother. You wild. You know people in wheelchairs can't do anything. Like, that's what Morris is giving. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I was just like, what? This episode and I, is and I very down, like, Why wouldn't you leave with the fact that he has an alibi. Why would you lead with the fact that he's in a wheelchair? Exactly. He lead with the fact that this man said, shall I produce them? It just seemed like, mm, I'd I be watching this investigation discovery when your alibi is too tight and you too quick to give your alibi. That means you did it. I'd be watching 2020. I know it'll go down. Nah, <laughs> yo. Nah, I was watching 2020. On before the before we recorded and like the cops on the episode I was watching is pretty much like Morris and Andy and I'm just like okay like this lady was like somebody stabbed my son and they were like no lady you did it and she was like here's the evidence that I didn't do it and they're like nah it's all you like <laughs> Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose them. So Trudeau is explaining to uh, Morris why he believes that uh, Whitaker, a.k.a. Vince, for those who can't keep up with his real name, um, is is behind the murders. Uh, Whitaker is researching something called dream leaping, and dream leaping is the ability to project oneself into someone else's dream. Uh, Julie apparently... (laughs) Julie's a bitch. Julie broke up with Whitaker while he was driving and got into an accident. And that's why he's paralyzed. And I wrote down, like, I got a rant for this. I got a rant, and I want Joe to hear this part. So, wait, 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 wait. Before you go into your rant, before you go into your rant, because I don't know if this might trigger your rant even more. But to me, it seems like. Because she wasn't injured. So was she on the phone while he was driving? And then he got mad and crashed into like a tree or something like that. Like, I feel like he injured the car purposely and then just happened to be paralyzed. Like, it doesn't seem like they were in the car and she was like, oh, I don't want to be with you anymore. It really feels like he was on the phone. She called him, was like, I don't want to be with you anymore. And the way he's acting makes me feel like he crashed into the car purposefully. Like... It's either a kill us both situation and she got, like, he got paralyzed and she left unharmed or you're right that he was, like, they right. were. That's, that's, the, that's the feeling that I'm getting because this man's crazy and he is not wrapped too tight. And I'm giving you free range for your rant. Go ahead. So, spoiler alert for um, an episode, the season five, Insecure. So, pause it, fast forward it, whatever. Um... Somebody gets broken up with after they are picked up 
from an airport and dropped home. And me and Joe were fighting about this because Joe was like, that's mad fucked up. Y'all women are users because how you going to use me for a ride home and then break up with me? Apparently, no matter what time I break up with you, you going to come after me. If I quote, if, if we use your theory, if we use your theory that I'm on the phone breaking up with you, you're still going to find a way to kill me. If we were in the car together, you was going to drive the car into a fucking wall and kill us both, but you just broke your own back. Or, like, <laughs> this episode has just proven that there is no appropriate time to break up with a man when there's a vehicle involved. Because so, I really feel like if he wasn't paralyzed, he would have choked that bitch out. Just the way that he reacted because it says that he's in an accident and he's paralyzed and so he has to take off from work. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when he gets back, Julie dies like the same day that he gets back. And then six months later, two more women die. Sir, you don't don't ever think maybe I should get therapy for my issues? No. No, let me use my research to go and murder women it's and throw never, them off of it's never, it's never me. It's them. It's them selfish ass bitches I wanna who want to use me as an Uber and then break up with me. There's, I'm telling you, there is a story behind this episode because oh. ain't no way this man is a piece of shit, and I think one of the biggest pieces of shit that I've, I've ever seen on the screen. And we get pieces of shit in this series. Hey, he's also a piece of shit in the Fast and Furious and Fast Five, so... He wasn't about the family? So, in Fast Five... Actually, no. From Fast and Furious, he's obsessed with Dominic Toretto and is jealous that Dominic Toretto took uh, (laughs) Brian O'Connor underneath his wing. And (laughs) in Fast Five... That jealousy continues. So, hey man, if you guys haven't realized by now, I'm a fucking loser who watches nothing but TV and movies. So, <laughs> enjoy the references all you want. And terrorizes her man. <laughs> that man terrorizes me. So we jump to another scene. Uh, Phoebe Are we back gets in home the manor? early. Yeah, yep, we're back at the manor. Phoebe gets home early um, from her date with Hans, and there's just like flowers everywhere. These gorgeous bouquets of flowers. Um, yes. Piper said that they were on the porch when she got home, and she don't even know these men that be giving her flowers. So and Phoebe I... does admit that she got home early because Hans was touching her too much. And, and the men at the restaurant or bar, wherever they went dancing, were also just being really weird. So I have a couple of notes. So I was like, a lot of these flowers have to be same day delivery. And if that's the case, these men got money. Why aren't we robbing yeah, them? <laughs> Why aren't we robbing them? I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry. As a person who has sent many a bouquet, I know the cost of a good size bouquet, and I know the cost of delivery, and I know they the cost were of nice. Sin- and like, so were the vases that they were in. They were and very they pretty. All- this is the deep Twitter reference, but I know they also came with flower food too. So, um, <laughs> like, 
these men had a lot of money to spend on flowers because one room was Phoebe's flowers and the other room was Piper's flowers. Either way, y'all could have robbed them. Y'all well, she didn't even know who they were. So I just looked up because I thought that was interesting. Um, they were purple. There were a lot of purple flowers and purple flowers mean admiration. I thought that was cute. Uh, that was a cute but a uh, female touch because men wouldn't know that or care like about that shit. I would love for a guy to put together like a bouquet with like flowers that have meaning and I have to like go figure it out. That'd be hot. It would be hot. It it would be hot. Because, like, don't just give me, like, a bouquet of my favorite flowers or whatever. Put some thought into it. Right. Do some research. Man, if I dated myself, oh, I would be I a date, fuck boy, though. I date myself all the time, and I always put out. You be know, because you're a whore, Phoebe. So... Piper goes on a little rant and she tells Phoebe um, that her date was too perfect and she explains exactly what happened on the date and that real love cannot be conjured. And then real love. Kit apparently also manifested something because all of these tomcats show up at the window. And so initially I thought that Kit's uh, look that she gave the sisters was like, what the fuck are y'all doing? But nah, Kit was trying to get some too. So Kit was literally like saying the spell to herself. <laughs> Real love. Wait, it's- and then we jump to another scene. It was a lot. Like, I like sitting in a scene and letting it flesh out. And I find that like, we were just in and out of these scenes and I'm, I'm not a fan of it. So going back really quickly to, to, to touch on what you're saying. Um... When uh, Prue walks in on them preparing to do the spell, gathering the ingredients for the spell, and then they do that cut scene of where, like, let me just explain it to you. They do, like, a whoosh, like a Canva effect of them, like, a split screen. And that's what this whole episode felt like, like a whoosh. Yeah. Whoosh. Yeah. Whoosh. New slide. Whoosh. New slide. And it's like, okay. All right. And I wasn't finished reading the text on this. Because a lot of times I can't tell for the most part that it's different directors, but you definitely see in this season that they're allowing these directors to be very heavy handed with like making their mark on the episode. Yeah. Because especially when you compare it to last episode um, with Dead Man Dating and how, you know, we went through the scenes and how almost morose it was versus this is very like, Bing, bang, 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 bang. I was just like, yeah. oh my God, this is a lie. No, I know. It's so weird. And like, so we get to, just put, moving us along because neither one of us would be here that long. Who oh. crawls and talks to Piper? And she's scared because Dude tries to kill her again. Mm-hmm. And Piper says that she should come by. And she but says, then- no, she's going to leave, but check the Book of Shadows. No, yeah, because they were going to come pick her up from work. And, Pipe, and right. Prue, I, I can't really falter. If I just died at my desk, I don't really want to stay in the office waiting for you to come pick me up. But to get behind the wheel of a car? I mean, shut up, five-hour energy. Um, Andy just called you. Why you ain't call him back? He could have lightened sirens your way home. 
because he's investigating a murder trial. I mean, a murder, and he doesn't have time for you. I don't know. It he just did. seems like Prue. It doesn't seem like a Prue, a thing that Prue would do. But she's acting really wonky this entire episode anyway. It so. doesn't. It doesn't because again, like I don't. If I got the heebie-jeebies in a situ- in a place, I'm not trying to stay in that same place for like for too long. I'm just trying to get the fuck out and. It, like, how'd she gonna get to work in the morning? Who like she gonna leave her car there to have Piper drop her off on Monday? No. Yeah. Anyway. Whatever. So we find out that there's nothing in the Book of Shadows. The phone rings again, and now they're like, "Oh my god, what are we gonna tell her? We can't help her. Uh, we just have to make sure that we don't let her fall asleep." Mm-hmm. And I thought this episode, I thought this scene was really cute because they were gonna sing their road trip song that they had mm-hmm. when they were kids. Okay, Prue, turn on the AC, low down the windows, and blast the radio. You know what? Don't blast the radio. We're going to do our road trip song. You remember the road trip song? I don't know why I remember that. But that's exactly how it went. But that's exactly how it went. Yeah. And I love that, like, when Phoebe needs to be, like, because Piper's always going to be, like, the ay 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 And Phoebe's just like, all right, time to nut up or shut up. And... Yeah, you need somebody who's going to have that energy to keep you awake while right, you're doing this right. mission. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, this sisterly bond is cut short because Hans is banging on the door because he's upset that Phoebe left him at the dance club, the discotheque. And he breaks that into the house. broke the door. He broke the door. I was getting to that. I, I was getting to that. He was mad that she left him at the discotheque and broke his way into the um, house. And he's screaming. And the reason why I have an issue with this is, yes, I get that you are exhausted. Yes, I get that you are tired. Yes, I get that all you need to do is get home. But if I'm on the phone and I hear my sister screaming and an unknown man screaming at them too, and I hear, like, you can literally hear the commotion on the phone. And the phone drops. Yeah, like your adrenaline should kick in. Because I know for, I, it has happened with you. If me and you are on the phone with each other and something happens on the other end and it's like, the oh shit sounds a little too like, too scary or doesn't sound like more of a clumsy thing then we automatically start freaking out and panicking. Like, yo, am I calling the cops? What's going on? Say something. Say the code word. And the fact that she's just like, yeah, I know this bitch is in danger, but my adrenaline, they not, we just don't lay here, oh, I guess, hello? It just, ugh. Hans throws a planter, Piper freezes him and the planter, and they go back to the phone, but by that time, the phone has disconnected, crew has fallen asleep, and is slowly but surely heading towards, like, a street light. Yep, yep. And she crashes it, the car. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to not fall asleep, even Gotta though she's already crashed. Gotta stay awake. So, <laughs> you're Sorry. so weird. The gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. I know, I know, I know, I know. That that's in my head right now because so we know she... she's still awake because Whitaker has not shown up yet. Mm-hmm. And the next scene, Prue is in a gurney at the ER. She is trying to stay awake, trying to stay awake, but she falls unconscious. I think they also kind of drug her too. 
Yeah, working because, on like, her heart rate was, like, really high. Yeah. She ends up, like, going unconscious, and Whitaker comes back. And it's like, I want to... We haven't gotten there yet. Couple, couple more, couple more scenes. So he tells her, "Speaking of pain, you hurt me last night, and not just my feelings." You've been waiting to see this say this one line all fucking because night. Because all of this is because his feelings are hurt. Literally, you have murdered women because your feelings are hurt. Sounds and we like sit here and like, oh, women. Women can't do this. And women can't do that because they're their feelings. But maybe I hear murdering people because they can't take can't the have, We can't have a female president because of periods. We can't. <laughs> She's going to get her period and press the button. But men could be at a Labor Day on the parkway, get refused on wine, and shoot the girl in the face. Or in this case, you can be rejected because you have a because the person has a boyfriend and then you stalk them because you got my unlisted fucking phone number and it's still my fault i was going to say something but i caught myself so let's move this forward they are well, arguing the hospital bed and he's getting ready to like push her somewhere because um, he doesn't go to push her off the, the thing, but he, he moves the hospital bed. And the next scene is the inspectors at the lab trying to get him to wake up. And can I just say he looks like he's nutting on himself while he's in the dream? I wrote, why are y'all back? What's y'all probable cause? Because if we're being honest, there's a reason for y'all to come back here. Like, yeah, what what, what questions do you guys really have to ask? Well, nobody's asked to see a warrant. Right? Nobody's asked to see a warrant. They're just like, oh my goodness, it's going to be so hard. And, and Andy's like, just do it. Just do it. Andy is like, Andy's getting frustrated because this is where they should have been like, hey, we doubled his dosage. So it's going to take like whatever time. They're just like, oh, he's in deep sleep. Like, no. Shut the fuck up. Wake this man up. Like you, you haven't explained why you can't just immediately wake him back up. And Andy but is I mean, over like here. Anybody should know that if you're doing like, if you're in a deep dream, you're not going to... Whatever. I so mean, Morris barely believe about dream studies. So let's be honest. And it's anyway. <sighs> So we go back into the dream and he's changes... He's changed Prue into like something more sexy. Asked her if she likes to dress and she's like... Classic Prue. She's like, I have one better. Have one better. And the sisters have now arrived to the hospital. We find out that she is in trauma one. The guy asked them to wait in the waiting room. My first question here was, where the hell is Hans? Because we all know that her powers don't freeze Last that long. Yeah. How did they get that phone call? Because they called her. How did they get Hans out the house? Right. How did, you, how did you secure your door in the middle of the night, seeing that this man just broke down the door? Why are y'all both here? Did you guys call a 24-hour repairman, but does he even have the tools for your door? There's a lot of questions that we have and we have to answer, but I'm not going to because who has time for that? Anyway. So, so we go as- into um, they're trying to wake Whitaker up, and you can Whitaker, Whitaker and Prue can hear Andy, because Andy goes, he looks up and crew goes, Andy? 
And yeah. But that that never happened because you don't hear um remember when she when he tried to drown her? You don't hear I guess she was already up when that happened, so maybe that doesn't matter. What? When Piper was like, Oh my god, I was checking up on you. So I guess it doesn't count. No, I but anyway. the, the the knocking woke her up. Remember Piper knocked first. Right. And right, then okay, opened okay. the door. Yeah. So um, the girls so, don't go to the waiting room. They end they up room. with Prue in the trauma section. Mm-hmm. And they're now talking to Prue as she is unconscious. And you can hear them giving her like all these words of encouragement. And you want to fight, Prue? Get up. Get up. Sorry. They've been sounding mad. It, I don't know. Because you know when you want to support. I did kind of like this because you hear Whitaker tell Prue you're powerless. But then you hear the girl say, use your power. Use your power. And there was that cute little juxtaposition. No, I know. It just it just very much sounded no, like it didn't. Because you know when you want to support your friend in something, but you just don't understand what it is that they're doing. So you just give them like vague like words of encouragement. <laughs> it was just like, you can do it. Use your power within. You're awesome. Yeah, prove that's that's <laughs> that's that's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because they didn't know how Elsa, like, they didn't have a spell to fight him. They didn't have anything. So they were just like, you got this, bitch. We believe in you. So he then is like, Whitaker then goes, shall I say goodnight? And Prue says, no, let me. And she throws him off the railing. And this is the first time she uses her magic with her eyes closed. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The inspectors watch Berman die. Well, and they, Andy they, says something to the effect of like, oh, I guess he's dead. Or damn, he's dead or something like that. Yeah, they watch him because Proof pushes him off the uh, top of the hospital, I guess. Um, and you see his face convulse as, and you see him screaming as if he's literally falling. Right. And how would... <laughs> it literally is that TikTok. How would they know? How would they know? Because how do you know what's happening? They you just, just see, well, he, it ends up he he like turns he, blue almost or something. He flatlines, but like yeah. before he flatlines, how do you know what's happening? And they don't. They're looking like what the fuck is going on. But also, if I were the scientists, I would be blaming the detectives. <laughs> like if y'all had just left me alone or left him alone, we could have pulled him out properly. And but I you guess were obviously the coroner would be like, no, he looks like he got crushed or whatever like that. But my initial reaction would have been like, y'all did this. This is on y'all. Not even just that. Why y'all here? Where's your warrant? Where is your scooter? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love our deep cuts. Um, so- <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we see that Prue is still in the hospital and the girls come in with all of those flowers that they had to give her these flowers Recycle and we know that, that she won't get released until later that night um, uh, no I think the next day well they nope. end up saying see you tonight I guess so maybe it's a continuity error but <laughs> Phoebe goes wouldn't kill you to get some and she's like 
You know what? It's a good joke. Maybe a great, great joke. joke. <laughs> <laughs> as a person, like, all right, all right. As a person who has made that type of joke under like not similar circumstances, obviously, but like the timing being off. Hey man, it works. It works. So Piper ends up telling Prue, and they. I just feel like they. When I tell you they tied the rest of this episode with a bolt and was like, deal with it and move on, uh, that they reversed the spell. And there is a reversal spell. It's called To Drive Away a Love. And I don't well, understand this one because well, to drive away a love, which was casted off screen, you're supposed to place the lover's name in the same spice, the velvet bag. But Piper already admitted that she didn't know a lot of these men. So were we just doing it for Jake? And then it's the same thing uh, as the bag heats chant three times, be it shall so desire I, as be the, as the, oh, so you're saying it backwards. As be the your queen the I'm, the conjure I, the conjure I. So you end up having to say the spell backwards to break it. I was like, that don't make no sense. I mean, <laughs> it does and it doesn't because what we didn't say or what we glossed over, I should say, is the the selling point for the love spell is that the love spell is reversible. Right. And right. They, they say it at nauseum when they are first discussing the um, spell. Um and the two Piper and Phoebe's credit, they're like, yeah, it wouldn't be, they wouldn't have a reversal spell if we weren't meant to use it. And I feel like that's not how reversal spells work. But how how do we um get Kit? Those kids still out there getting gang bangs in? The it's a TNR. It's a TNR. Okay. Okay. So they find out. We also find out that Jake and Hans don't remember all of the crazy shit they did. Which would kind of annoy me because you broke my door. Which annoyed me because you could have scammed and gotten away with it. <laughs> That's you. You are a scam artist. So, Inspector, Ch- nope, 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 nope. Inspector, I'm not saying chose up. Nope, we are moving on. You scam artist. I didn't artist. say nothing. I just made a face. You are a scam artist. You out here just scamming, Cardi. Libra gang gang. Nah, because last episode you were all like, no, you can't say these things. The Cardi, the Cardi Bang or the Barty Gang. What I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm old. Yeah. Is it the Barty Gang? The Barty Gang would be upset with, with me. Yeah. Now I don't want to say you, now you have fully embraced it one week later. What I said was I don't want them coming after me for like talking bad or saying anything about their queen. However, if you set me up to scam you, I'm a scam. Cause like, nah, think about it. They were literally like dropping money and everything at their feet. If you're not trying to come off a little, a little something, something, the fuck you get the fuck out of here. Run them pockets. It's a recession, hoe. <laughs> I wrote that this so was an anticlimactic ass episode. Uh, nope, nope, nope. I'm ignoring you. We see I Andy literally said anticlimactic ass episode. I brought it right back to the show. Oh, I didn't hear that part. I thought you were saying something mad scammy. Um, Andy shows up with burger and fries for her. And I thought that was really cute. 
It's her favorite. It is. And I think when I asked him, I was in the hospital. Um, he was like, what do you want? And I was like, burger and fries. He was like, really? Yes. yes. A good burger and fries <laughs> hits just that. right. Um, And then once again, we are told that um, Piper was the one who called Andy to let her know that she was in the hospital to you know, speed up this love connection. And I guess, whatever. It's cute. He said he does tell her, glad to see every bone in your body not broken. And she's like, what? And he's like, you know, because you were in the car accident. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. You that right. doesn't make any sense. The severity of my accident does not warrant. It was a joke. I guess. You just said that you would have made the wouldn't kill you to get some rest joke. But glad to see every bone in your body not broken joke is just too much for you. That's where you... No, because she doesn't get the joke. She doesn't know about these women. She doesn't know about the women who died. Yes, but she threw him over the bridge. Or over the bridge. The rainbow bridge. How would Andy know? Like... They, they they have not spoken to each other enough for them for that joke to work. It's another continuity. It didn't work. Error. The joke didn't work. It laughed. It worked for us, the viewers. It did not. It worked for you. Wow. Fuck you, stupid bitch. Anyway, moving on because this episode was very fast. So let's hop into Black Girl Magic, where we discuss how we handled the conflict in the episode. Um. I'm just going to say it, and I said it already. I would have called my inspector boyfriend when the man I rejected called my enlisted phone number. Because you're a stalker, sir. I don't feel safe. What's next? You're going to show up at my house? You're going to show up in your dreams. I got 911 on standby. (laughs) That's that's literally it. Like, I feel like it has she called Andy from the, like, she hung up with from the get go. Well, Vince, when Vince hung up on her, actually, after that, um, hey, I know you're probably working because that's why we're not going out on the date. But like this guy, I saw him at Quake, and he bought me a drink, and then he called me out the blue. Like it's mad weird. I don't feel safe. Come through. That's. I mean, but we all know he a piss poor detective. He probably Unless, wouldn't have done a goddamn thing. He probably would, actually would have solved the case like faster without her having to get attacked twice. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I guess because, you've yeah, done the same. Yeah, that's the only. And- I mean, that's the only thing that you could do, right? Because I mean, you know, no, because I feel like my first instinct would be also to blow him off. Like, hey, this man is weird. I'm just not going to engage. And maybe on the third time, I would have said something. But I don't think the first time that he ends up in your dream, I probably would have called Andy. But also, she thought he was a magical person or whatever like that. So maybe I wouldn't have called Andy. I don't know. I think I would have called I think that's what, that's what I'm saying. I think that because he called her, because I, I will stick by this a thousand percent. If my phone number is not listed, how the fuck did you get it? You use nefarious ways to get my number. That means you're probably going to use nefarious ways to get my address. Either way, I don't feel safe. Um, yeah, you're right. you're right. I think I was more just stuck on the fact that 
Phoebe and Piper were out here chasing dick. I don't chase dick. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like if we're going to use any spell in... I'm not using no love spell. Can I get like a money spell? I would say get... the love of money, you know. Even right. though money is just... a fictional object and is make-believe, but you know what I mean. I mean, you, you need money though. You 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 keep with that fictional bullshit and don't, and don't pay your landlord. No, no, no. I meant like, no, no, no. I meant as like, it's a construct that just uses to like the, like the hippie shit. Oh, not, okay, but they're not they, hippies. I want money. Uh, this, I know. It, it. I don't know how I feel about this episode. What do you rate it? Um, we're not there yet. So, um, the next. Oh, <laughs> uh, we also should say we have a section called like the love interest chemistry. It's non-existent. Yeah, we can skip that. We can skip that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, had to say it. I think the tweaks I would make in this episode before I rate it would be, I would actually have Andy and Prue talk because I feel that like if they had actually talked outside of that, the two conversations that we got this episode, because he canceled on her off screen, he called her at work and it was like that, oh, I just wanted to hear your voice. And then the end with the burger and fries. Had they talked somewhere between them, it would have given us it would have given Andy the probable cause he needed and it would have also opened the door for Prue to realize that she can trust Andy with her secret because Andy wasn't treating like the dream leaping as something far-fetched he was treating it as something supernatural and his belief in that would have it would have been like the what's the word I'm looking for? The Easter egg Prue needed to realize that she can trust him with the witch secret. Obviously, she wouldn't tell him right away, but the fact that she can see that he is open to cases that are not black and white and regular murder, we'd be like, oh, so he could be trustworthy. I gotta test this out a little bit more, but it would be there. And yeah, that's about it for me. Um I'm rating it three and a half out of ten unsexy lingerie because ugh, the lingerie in this episode. So if somebody's abuelita. I'd actually rate it a little bit more. I think I'm rated like a seven. Just because I think this really this episode really brings to light why women don't tell men no. And how crazy men can get when they are rejected. Like, I, I 100% believe that that girl broke up with him and she was either in the car and he was like, then we all just going to die since I can't be with you. Or he crashed his own car. With I, I just, there's no other way. No other way. And I just, I'm glad I think that it was highlighted, even though it was done kind of like clumsily. Yeah. But highlight why women just don't say no or because I remember I would give out my number and it would be my it would be my husband's number but I still do that I give out my husband's number if you're like bothering me and I tell you no and you want my I'm never gonna like consistently say no no you want my number here here's my husband's number you call him and then you can deal with the grumpy ass man on the other line yeah I mean if we're looking at it through that gaze from a charm storyline point of view yeah 3.5 out of 10 I stand by that if we're um, looking at it from like a stranger danger point of view, 
I'm gonna be honest, eh, that's a nine and a half out of ten because, girl, the poor waitress got it and she was just doing her job. Like, they letting these women, they letting us know that, like, we don't need no reason. We, if we wanna take you out, we're gonna take you out. We're gonna make oh, it the my. reason and make it be your fault. Cause nah, let's, again, he tried to pick up Sky, RIP, right after he had yep. a crew. And because Sky wasn't, you know, yeah, she was ableist a thousand percent, but you also weren't being a good, like, pickup artist. But that's it. There was no um, magical being here. So I can't really talk to any magic on this episode. There was really no what magical being here. What we can talk here. about is this is the first premonition free episode. No, because she premonitioned that she got bad dick and then she got bad dick. That was just off scene. No, but like. She always says that she knows she how the dick gonna be. So she knew that dick was gonna be bad. I hate you for that. But no, obviously, there is no scene where Phoebe touches something and is like. <gasps> she touched like, something. Oh, you mean on camera. Okay. Sorry. 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 There's no scene where she is chasing down a man and locking him out of locking him in his hotel room because she touched his wallet and got a premonition that he got hit by a pink Cadillac. There's nothing like that in this episode. Um, since you want to be a fucking schmuck about it. Um, whatever, you stupid hoe. I already mentioned that this is the first time Prue uses uh her powers without of opening her eyes. I don't think I have anything else to know. I'm looking for it, but let's see. Haha. Give me. I think I I mean guys is I find that you can also t- I I've noticed, right, that based off of the director which I I've never really put too much like stock in the TV show directors, but mm-hmm. gosh, I didn't I didn't like the way he handled this episode at all um obviously you didn't watch it or uh listen to the podcast but in gilmore guys they also like you know you pick up on the director pattern a lot and i think the wb was just trying to hire people because thus far they have hired people who have worked in like the sci-fi realm like with sliders mm-hmm. and like the X Files and stuff like that, but they haven't like found like a director that cares about like the occult and witchcraft to actually give the episodes what it needs yet. And I think we do yeah. get directors who actually find their voice or actually um, love the occult or at least have an appreciation for it in later episodes. So hopefully. That <laughs> hopefully I don't music- remember season one being so bad. I think we have a um, we have a perfectionist view of it. Like we look, we've looked at it for the past twenty years through rose-colored glasses, and now that we have to look at it objectively, it's it's all right. It's rough. <laughs> it's, it's, rough. rough. It's, it's like I said, the first episode was good. Sorry, in the first episode. Episode was good. Like we gave it like sevens or eights. I don't think we gave it like um nine or ten, but I think we it definitely was highly rated. It was high. And then we, 
and then we dropped down for two and then we dropped lower down for three and then we went back up for four yeah i think it's just it's finding the footing in the first season as well as making sure that the uh, the proper groundwork gets told i would say however it's weird how they were doing things because in my research i found out that um, this episode was, I think, believe, I, I think it was shot third. Yes, because but of we'll finance. talk about that more. Yeah. So in the, so it's very weird because like the, the chemistry is a lot tighter in this episode for it to be like the third episode that they shot. But altogether, the storytelling isn't really there isn't strong like we said this honestly felt like a 40 minute canva slideshow if we're being completely honest there was nothing like vince wasn't um like a compelling detective the store i mean detective wasn't a compelling villain andy and morris are never really compelling detectives (laughs) um and the sisters conflict uh at this point, have now just been like, okay, they're not really even in conflict. Prue's like, y'all hoes gonna do what the fuck y'all wanna do. I'm tired of talking. Right, right. But at least next episode, we do get back into demon fighting and all of that. So yes, I'm looking this is our forward first. to that. I'm not looking forward to who's the, who's the baddie. And I will watch it as... It happens. I would say, guys... Like, me... <laughs> I can't give you the episode title right now. I believe it is a season five, either four or five episode. It's a supernatural episode where it's the same thing. It's dream leaping done so much better, so much more enjoyable. And again, it is a human who does it. Um, This is our first humans can be bad guys episode. First, um, let's see, Supernatural, Four Charms is not going to be the last one. But I guess Dream Leaping is as close to demon, uh, as becoming a demon as a human can get. So well, he was a man, so I guess he could be a demon. Yeah, but I'm saying, if you want to watch a Dream Leaping <laughs> episode, go to Supernatural. It was done way better. And well, it involves- tell me what it is, and I will put it in the show notes. I will. Um, and it's a Bobby episode too, so also very good. But either way, let's wrap this up because we are at the two hour and 15 minute mark and neither one of us supposed to be here for any longer. We have yawned no. like seven times on this podcast alone. <laughs> um, I'm Ray and you can find me at My Gal Consulting on all socials. Leave the G out if you're trying to find me on Twitter and you can find Ms. Janelle Ware. You can find me on all socials at The Perpetual Mystic. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, keep your concerns to yourself. No, <laughs> you can email us at blackgirlcharmed at gmail.com. Um, also, we are going to be getting um, intro and outro music. So if you have any suggestions for it, let us know. It may appear on the pod. We may read it. It may actually be the song or whatever. But if you have a lyric or a limerick that you want to throw in there, let us know because both of our brains are mush and we can't be any more creative than we already are. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but I want to say uh, 
see you guys later. Blessed be. Blessed be.